Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, I have a question for you all. Okay. It's not it's not about Dropbox. <laughs> we okay. were discussing we were discussing Dropbox prior to recording. Will not ask boring questions about Dropbox, which I do not understand and do keep getting emails about. Okay. There's another term that I see people use on TikTok a lot, and I don't know. I mean, like, I understand what the words mean, and I kind of understand in context sometimes, but then other times it's used, and I don't know that I understand what they're trying to communicate about a person by using this label. What is the, what is the <laughs> label? What are we saying when we say that somebody's, like, a baby girl, or having, like, a baby girl arc, or, like, a or like just being a baby girl. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what are we? I mean, like, I know what a like I know what a baby is. Right? All right, but I hope baby. so. Okay, I know what I know what we mean by girl. Right, more or less. Uh, baby girl, small girl, human. But that is not the way it's being applied. I'm pretty sure. On TikTok, it's usually I, I'm 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 guessing your algorithm here. It's probably what being uh, attributed to like Blackbeard from Our Flags Being Death. That's number one. Yes. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what that means. I don't know what it means. I mean, I feel like it's self-explanatory. Yeah, I don't know how to give you a definition because it just kind of is like vibes like you see it it's like mm, okay that doesn't help like you're being a baby like you're being whiny and no. annoying and no. need no, it, to grow up it's like a term of endearment it's like you can do nothing wrong however unhinged your behavior is you're just a s- sweet little sweetheart baby girl I adore you yeah but we wouldn't Okay, is there anything to it that we're calling that we're using? Because like baby, but like girl, like would baby boy also apply? No, I don't. Oh no, 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 no! I don't know why that's different, but it's different. Okay, that see, this is what I'm trying to figure out. It's not. It's not a. It's a. It's a one word phrase. This is not a two two word idea. This is one word. Baby girl, it's one word. Okay. And it, it is okay. usually attributed to men, but not yeah. always, <laughs> but generally, mm-hmm. I feel like that's where it's most common. Yeah. Is it sexist? I don't think so, because <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with, with like, implying that these people are are any, in any way womanly. I think it's just like... yeah. Okay, well, that's why I'm... Are, are we attributing a set of qualities to girl that is positive or negative or neutral or... This is what I'm trying to figure out. Why would baby boy not work? Ugh, don't just... Don't just... Don't stop <laughs> saying that. Baby boy so bad. Like, oh, no, I just don't like it? it. I mean, why... But, okay, there is something happening here. <laughs> psychologically that we're all not coping with it doesn't flow 
baby boy feels bad coming <laughs> yeah. out of my mouth and in my well, ears. Why did you say it like that, baby boy? Because well, that's how it feels. Because I think baby boy, I still think an infant child, I, I, a, a young yes. boy, a baby boy. Baby girl is like any undeterminate age. Mm-hmm. I feel like just, I don't know. And this, this is the, I, I, what I feel it's like, because it's usually attributed to a kind of unhinged character mm-hmm. or a character that can be kind of violent or, or, you know, sometimes evil. Okay. Like Loki gets called baby girl a lot on the internets. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's I don't just, see that as much. A lot of it is our flag means death well, that, for, I just, for my algorithm. Yeah, yes, that's your yes. algorithm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't finished um, Loki yet, and so I, uh, I flip past those really quickly because I don't want to spoil it. Although I think I've spoiled it for myself, but I, but I, so I don't interact. I don't engage with it, not because I don't like Loki, but because I don't want to spoil the show for me. I think my algorithm is somewhat tainted because. Baby girl is also a phrase used by one of the main characters in Criminal Minds. Um, he calls one of the other characters like a term of endearment, like a nickname he has for her is baby girl. And there are lots of fan edits of him just, you know, using that phrase. <laughs> um, so when I get that phrase, usually okay. that's what I'm seeing, but not used in the same way. Interesting. I was trying to, yeah. I, I could not piece it together because I it was primarily being attributed to Blackbeard and I kind of understood it. And now I see it pop up sometimes in Good Omens stuff, but it's being attributed to both main characters. And so then I don't understand anymore what's happening. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I feel like my take is, and I don't think, I don't know, is this sexist? Because it's like, you know, um, sometimes you have a girlfriend and she's uh, she does a lot of alarming things and, you know, has kind of erratic and uncontrollable behavior and things that maybe cross certain boundaries in the legal sense. And you're like, I don't care. That's my baby girl. She can do no wrong. She is infallible. Don't okay. don't worry about it. She can get away with murder. I'll help her hide the body. That's my baby girl. I feel like it's like that. It's a good way to describe it. Okay. Okay. No, that I understand that. I understand that and it it helps too because there are times <laughs> where I'm watching something and they're talking about somebody being baby girl and I think like well, I would do that. Like that I I relate to this and then I don't know what that means because I'm not a baby girl. I am an adult woman. Okay. But they're But not, this helps. They're not mutually exclusive. Well, no, I understand now, but this okay. helps me understand and contextualize what is happening. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I was kinda, just hoping you all would explain it, it to me. Ruins, I don't know. It kind of ruins the vibes of fun internet phrase phraseology when you gotta you gotta break it down to <laughs> to its roots in such a way. Well, I, I almost Googled what what is a baby girl, and then I thought... I wonder what the internet <laughs> consensus is on that, but no, I think I think it, it's going to tell you what a, a, an infant child is. Yeah. Female is <laughs> well, probably. yeah. Well, that's if, I, that's if I, my search engine is still set default to Yahoo. 
Yeah, it's gonna be less, less interesting. Sydney, <laughs> what happened to you? Oh, technology <laughs> moved on, and culture moved on. I just, I feel I'm like, trying to keep up. I'm, tr- I really am. Well, I feel like for a while we were all pretty like on the same on the same wavelength in terms of like I know we're different generations, but like we all were catching up in the same way. And then I feel like something happened, and you just kind of like I don't know, missed the boat. What I happened? Kids? I no, you were st- you were still on it even for, even after you had kids. It's been very recent. I don't know. I really do, but I mean, I see. I keep thinking like, I'll stay. Okay, let me ask this. I get. I understand culture largely from what Charlie and Cooper tell me, which sometimes oh. is even like beyond you all. Yeah. Sorry. That's true. But um, but also from TikTok is my primary like social media. That's where I'm getting cultural stuff, right? Like, I don't, I mean, I, I look at Facebook for local stuff for like yeah. what's going on with people I know actual in real life, but like, and, and because I'm old, but like TikTok is that. Do you think it's because Twitter went away? Because I used to interact with that. Now, of course, I'm not going to mess with that disaster site, but like, do you think that's why? Did I lose something? Did Did I, was I gleaning a cultural understanding that was more you know, current and relevant from the site formerly known as Twitter. Maybe, and now but that's gone. to me, TikTok is more up up with it. Well, it's yeah. younger. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like most of, like, whatever is going on, I'm aware of it because of TikTok. But then yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's also, it's algorithm driven. So I don't know how hard you're, yeah. you're working that algorithm mm-hmm. away from <laughs> the, that's the what pulse I'm of the nation. Yeah. That's what I'm worried. I'm worried that because it was not that way on Twitter and now it is that mm. way with my interactions with TikTok, like it, because I get tons of stuff that I know is aimed at moms for one and then specifically moms of my generation, like mm-hmm. talking about being like older millennial Gen X, whatever my micro generation is yeah, like but, targeting that but you're and driving about the, that experience but you're driving the shit like if you interact with that kind of stuff you get more of it if you interact with i don't know the 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 skibbity toilets you get more skibbity toilets so oh my god i hate i hate skibbity toilets so <laughs> it is so beloved in this household oh, not no. by me i am very aware of skibbity toilet even though it makes me want to scream I don't know what that is. Oh, wow. How are you not familiar with Skibbity Toilet? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Well, not for all me. the kids. The, the kids love it. The kids, kids. Yeah, it's oh. it's not even like, what is it? Is it a, a beyond Gen Alpha thing? Mm-hmm. I don't, what, are my kids beyond Gen Alpha? Are they not Gen Alpha? I don't know what. I, I think d- they're Gen Alpha. I don't know. I think. I think it's, I think that the toilets are an alpha thing. Um, Sid, what hmm. I need to know because now it's the word of the year. Um, what does what does Riz mean to you? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh my God, I am about to say something that is going to age me so much. There's a very easy, like, real definition uh-huh. because no, it I... is the word of the year. So I'm giving you a chance to like just just know what it means. I know what it means. Okay. 
because of Saturday Night Live. Okay. Because <laughs> they did a thing about it on Weekend Update, be- how it was the word of the year. Okay. Um. It, it's it's from charisma. Yeah. Like it's a it's a form of the word charisma. Yeah. And so it means sort of like charisma. Yeah. Is what I gleaned from Weekend Update on SNL. <laughs> Because they said, also, if you need to look up the word Riz, you definitely don't have it. And I thought, well, if it weren't for SNL, I would have had to look it up. Oh, Sid. I know, I know. I know how old that makes me. We are not that far apart. I don't... (laughs) I don't watch it, but I don't watch it like when it airs, because that's on too late. I watch it like the next day. That's worse, actually. (laughs) That you like get it up and watch SNL? it SNL like like seven a.m. while you're making making a coffee. It comes on at eleven thirty. That's not that late. It's not like it's middle the, of the night. Well, Charlie and Cooper really like some of it, so like we skip around and they really like some of the sketches. <laughs> they thought they agreed with us that Bo and Yang is very funny in the opening as George Santos. He's they very thought that funny. was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but yes. I mean, is it more than just charisma? Is it just like That's, a short and firmed yeah. form, form? Form. I mean, it's it's you. It's like more specifically related to being able to like attract people. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Like on yeah yeah. So would you use it like you have a lot of riz? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Like that's what. It- <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if it's that, that that is an inappropriate phrase or if it's just the way that you say things in general. <laughs> you have a lot of riz. Boy, that guy's full of riz. Uh, Sid, I guess. I don't if like I can, that one. <laughs> if I can make a, a our generation comparison, I guess it would be like saying you, you've got game. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. He's got a lot of game. I understand that. He's got a good game. As in, yeah. He can, I understand that. He is attractive to people. I I saw I saw somebody trying to translate uh, boomer slang into Gen Z slang, and the boomer slang for butt that they used was like derriere or something, you know, something mm. like that. And the word that they said for Gen Z, I have no idea what they said, and I'm still not sure. I know it. I don't. What What do you think it was? G- like geek geek yep. or something. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Is that the word? That that is the word. That one's one that went by me in terms of the the cultural slang and knowing what it means and how to use it. I see it on my TikTok and I know it refers to someone's butt. I I don't know where it came from or or how exactly to use it in a proper sentence, but that is the word. Giat. <laughs> like G U I A T. Yeah, they that they said it in the TikTok, and I had to go back and watch it again and be like, "What did they say? What is this word?" I mean, I don't say derriere. Like, I'm not, you know, well, you're not a boomer. No, it's your badonkadonk. Oh no, no, <laughs> it's your lovely lady lump. No, no, that's worse. Oh. What you just did is worse. Oh no. Anyways, speaking of bottoms, you look okay. <laughs> too pleased with yourself. Um, we're talking about bottoms, 
but yes. not like Sydney was saying. I do say bottom sometimes. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a culturally acceptable one, mm-hmm. not like and the I'm ones kids. you just used. <laughs> um, yeah. Bottoms is a movie, as well as a butt, and it's a movie that came out this year. I want to talk about it. Yes. Uh, I I just want to say we enjoyed this movie. Justin and I watched it together because you had suggested it previously and we hadn't gotten around to it yet. Mm-hmm. So we did. And man, we enjoyed it. Yeah. It was so funny. It was so, it was really, really a clever, well done, enjoyable. They, it was, it was billed as a teen sex comedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I feel like is a little reductive, you know, yeah. because they don't, they're, they talk about sex certainly, but like, when I hear teen sex comedy, I think like, I don't know, like the movies that when we were younger, there were movies that our parents would tell us were funny. Like, oh, these movies are so funny. You all need to watch these movies. They're so funny. And then we'd watch them and there's like boobs everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, why are you telling us to watch these movies with boobs everywhere, guys? Like you're our parents. And I feel like that's a teen sex comedy, right? Like this wasn't quite as, you know, I don't know. American Pie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a teen sex comedy. Or like if you go back like another generation, like Meatballs is a teen sex comedy, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think this one's a lot, got a lot more going on. Um, Mm -hmm. For anyone who is unfamiliar, because it did just come out a couple months ago, it's basically about... And I don't know how to describe the plot in a way that sounds like I'm talking about a real movie. Um, And we are going to spoil it, I will say, from the jump. Yeah. Um, it's about two best friends who are lesbians in high school and they are trying to get with two of the popular girls. Um, so one of them has the idea to essentially start what becomes a fight club. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like a self-defense class that they say they are qualified to do because they were in juvie, which is not true. Um, and then they start this defense, self-defense club slash fight club with all the girls in the school. And hilarity ensues. And it, it definitely elevates to the level a lot of um, kind of like farcical, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a little absurdist. Like there's stuff happening that obviously is kind of surreal, you yeah. know, you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Um, I got to say my favorite part of this entire movie, I think, is the fact that the football players wear not just their jerseys to school every day, but full gear like Mm -hmm. pads and and equipment and everything and also the main male character that we are supposed to believe is like the stereotypical like high school jock quarterback most popular guy his name is jeff and his jersey just says jeff i just think that's so funny and i don't know why it's so good but they somehow were able in this movie to take like all of the stereotypes of like what a like a dumb jock is and like those are there but also the male characters are kind of reduced in a way that female characters used to be in movies Mm -hmm. um that is very enjoyable to see like i don't know it's it's done in a, a a funny way but they they've reduced the male characters to their you know to their lowest the lowest form like women used to be yeah kind of like a barbie move yeah 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 Yeah. they're very ken like Mm. yeah yeah they're definitely very ken like and um 
It is. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of like a distillation of what a lot of teen movies like. I would think it more like Heather's kind of or yeah. something like or or even Mean Girls and, and like those sorts of teen films where they talk a lot about the social classes mm-hmm. within a high school and like the hierarchies and those sorts of structures and who's cool and who's not and who's attractive and who's not and what you're allowed to do and saying how you get to be popular, what gets you kind of cred and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, but it's distilled down to like its basest form so that it can be parodied almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the football players are parodies of every football player we've seen in a high school movie ever, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not humans. They're, yeah, caricatures. Um, and they sort of do that a lot with everybody. Yeah. But yeah, it reminded me more of those kinds of movies than it did necessarily of like whatever a quote unquote teen sex comedy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's funny that this is the second new movie you've had us watch where you've got vengeful lesbians <laughs> as your yeah. character. <laughs> is this a new trend? I was like, oh wow, that's that's interesting. This is with with like heightened violence and like uh-huh. th- this is it, this can't be taking place in reality because none of this stuff. These people would all be in jail if, if this yeah. was reality. That's interesting. Yeah, it it is, and I wonder. We talked about this, Justin and I, when we watched it. Um, it's almost like because you have uh, a female director and writer. And producer, like you have a lot of women behind mm-hmm. the scenes making the movie. They are allowed to push the envelope in how they talk about certain things because I think that I think that there are boundaries because if it's not your experience, if it's not your like your lived experience, why are you making jokes about this? You know, mm-hmm. we don't we don't really need to hear you spoofing it or it's not funny. Mm-hmm. But when it is, you're allowed to talk about that in a way that's a little more raw and a little more open mm-hmm. you know and is is funnier at the end of the day yeah. because it's coming from people who have actually experienced these sorts of thoughts and feelings and not like what we think I don't know what's going on in a woman's head I have no idea yeah here's what I bet it's like <laughs> pillow fights <laughs> it also is interesting because unless I'm misremembering and they make it very clear at some point I feel like it's not totally clear what kind of time period we're in i i don't know if maybe they make that clear and i'm just misremembering like i don't i don't remember them using like phones a lot Mm. like as much as you would expect from teens unless i'm just totally blacking that out but to me it felt like very very possible that this is kind of like an amorphous time period where like it has notes of like like you said, like a Heather's and a Mean Girls, like a 90s, 2000s teen movie. Um, obviously, the way they're dressed uh, feels very modern and like now for teens. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, again, I, I think it's interesting. Was... Like the, the Mean Girl, popular girl stereotype looks much different now than it did back then. Um, but I... Well, and... Th- go ahead. I, I wondered, though, if that look was just because so many kids are wearing those looks now. Yeah. Like, the 90s are back. Like, it looked very yeah. 90s, but I thought that was just the way the kids dressed. Well, I do think that the way they're dressed feels very, like, now. Like, it felt very Gen Z. Yeah. Um, popular girl, this is what she would look mm-hmm. like. Almost like like in the trailers for the musical Mean Girls movie they're doing, where Regina George looks much different, like, clothing-wise than she did in the yeah. original, but it's because that's what a Regina George would dress like now. 
Well, I think they do a good job. Sometimes you make these kind of like teen comedies that get so lodged in their time period. Yeah. Like there's so many jokes about technology or social media or slang or something that gets it like firmly planted in an era and then it it becomes unrelatable as time goes on yeah and if you're crafty you can avoid that i think i think you're right Um, i feel like the only thing that really puts it as a modern thing is the i mean obviously it's based around two lesbians and there's i mean it's kind of a a joke that it's like no the problem isn't that they're gay the problem is they're untalented and gay yeah (laughs) Yeah. they're they're dorks first and then yeah, yeah they're gay no one would really care if they were cool yeah, yeah. Like that's definitely yeah, they, a, in the in the '90s. It would have been a, a tragic comedy to have yeah. two lesbians who were in love with some uh, possibly straight girls. Yes, yeah, that's very true. One of them would have died at the end. Let's be real. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I want to I want to talk about more of all the the funny parts of the movie. Um, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, it is the holiday season. Um, we are all out there trying to figure out uh, what what sorts of gifts we can give those we care about to um, not just give them something they'll enjoy, but um, show how much we care about them and um, how much we think about them. And a great gift this holiday season uh, is StoryWorth. Now, StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. Um, it's a really thoughtful thing if if. Uh, I'll tell you, Justin got this actually for me, that Justin's my husband, in case that wasn't clear. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, we're we're still, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, younger parents. Our kids are still little. And um, there's a lot of stuff, like, when you're little, you don't really think to ask your parents about, like, their life when they were younger. It's hard to imagine that your parents were ever little kids. Um, so it's cool. It sends me a prompt through email uh, every week with a question about my life, something maybe from, you know, either my adulthood or or when I was younger, some stuff that maybe like your kids are not going to think to ask you or that you might not think to ask a different friend or loved one, um, but you'd want to know about them. And you get to share a little story from your life. uh, And then after a year's story worth is going to compile that all into a beautiful keepsake book. You can put pictures in there too. So if there's photos you have, I know I have a collection of photos of me um, from the 90s taken on like, instant cameras is <laughs> the thing you, you use it all up and then you take it to this used to exist Riley um, <laughs> and I can share those too so then I can I can get a question like what was a challenge that you faced when you were a teenager and then I can answer that question and tell a story that I wouldn't have thought to share with my kids but might you know they might really relate to and I just wouldn't have thought to share that. And they wouldn't think to ask. And so that's really the beauty of StoryWorth. There's, there's lots of stuff you want to know about your loved ones and lots of stories that you would love to hear, but you don't know they're there until you ask. And StoryWorth helps come up with those questions and do that work for you by sending you that prompt every week. I answer it, send it back, and then at the end of the year, you get a book out of it. So it, And it's a beautiful present for you to to share with a loved one. So Taylor, if our listeners want to do this, what should, where should they go? With StoryWorth, give those you love most a thoughtful, personal mm-hmm. gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to StoryWorth.com slash stillbuffering and save $10 on your first purchase. That's StoryWorth.com slash stillbuffering to save $10 on your first purchase. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is I feel like sort of the setup of them kind of wanting to 
wanting to get with those two cheerleaders Mm -hmm. and then creating this like club and making up lies and all this kind of stuff to do it um and they even say it it felt very much like what dudes would have done in a teen comedy Mm -hmm. you know 10 years ago yeah and it's interesting because it it doesn't work out at all obviously well i mean in the you know that they get in trouble they get caught as you you know kind of expect that they're going to um and it makes them look like kind of the bad guys for a little bit for doing it Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's intentional to say like yeah following those same like the idea that the version of masculinity that maybe you were exposed to when you were younger is like the ultimate triumph of feminism feminism is being able to also do that is maybe not the best path i don't know yeah i thought it was a very interesting thought like maybe there's a better mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe we don't have to trick girls into kissing us i mean it's it's interesting though because it's still like in those movies where it would be like traditional like cis men doing those kinds of things there would still be a scene where they're exposed and mm-hmm. then they still would get the girl in the end and mm-hmm. this does still kind of follow that. Like, one of the girls doesn't get the girl, but the other one does. And it's just kind of like, oh, teehee, if you wanted to get to know me, you didn't have to make up all those lies. It's like, I get it. Like, it's a lighthearted movie. It's not It's not trying mm-hmm. to, like, come in with a hard lesson, I don't think. But <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, okay, well. <laughs> they do comment on it, which is a little, I always thought that's a step forward from, like, I feel like the best example of that was always Bridesmaids. mm I really, I really hated the <clears throat> the pooping scene in Bridesmaids. Yeah, because it felt like somebody said, "Well, if we're gonna do a comedy and we're gonna use girls, we better at least do something gross because that's what people think is funny." And it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> not all funny not really movies have to have pooping. It's okay. You can be funny and not have any diarrhea in there. Actually, <laughs> um, speaking of funny, I think the 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 character in this movie that made me laugh more than maybe anything else was Marshawn Lynch playing their teacher who oh my is a former so pro good. football player so you'd think he's in there as just like oh people are going to recognize him as like you know this is Marshawn Lynch he wasn't just like any former pro football player he was like super huge and he did commercials and he did other bit parts and stuff like people know who he is he was in that um What's that improv? Murderville. Yes, Murderville. And he was hilarious in that. Um, but there's something about him being the like representation of what a man learning about feminism is that is just so good. Like, he doesn't quite get it, but he's trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very That's good. What, I love when they describe, like, do what do what any good ally does which is like say that you definitely believe in something and support something and then don't do anything about it yep (laughs) Uh, but very biting commentary but he's great he's He's just naturally very funny well and again it's like you said tay it's not that like it's a big thing that these are two lesbians and he's like he's so woke for like supporting two lesbians starting a club and you know, everyone else wouldn't support them. Like it's, it's all about just the club being women. And he's like, Oh, I didn't know anything about women actually um, at all. So let me learn about women maybe. Um, 
and he's it, reading a and he's reading a porn yeah. magazine that looks like a porn magazine that's called Divorced and Happy. Yeah. And the the like you know, him going from when the club's doing well, writing like feminism on the board and like yeah, yeah and then like crossing it out and be like, This is why all the presidents were men and it should stay that way. Or like the the test they're studying for at the end is like famous women who've died or something like that. Famous murdered women. Famous murdered women. (laughs) That's what it is. Well, that's, I do think that like there are some moments of very dark humor in this that I appreciated, but I do think it goes back to what you're saying, Sid, about like having women writers, women directors, like jokes that you just, you, you can only really make if you've lived that experience. Like when they're all sitting around the circle talking about their personal experiences and one of them says, like, you know, have you ever been sexually assaulted? And everybody raises Everyone. their hand. And it, I, it's, there's a beat where you're like, I, I think I'm supposed to laugh at this. Because I knew that was going to happen. As mm-hmm. soon as I was like, yeah. oh, that's going to be everybody. I'm like, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> but, yeah. well. And they did it. Well, and they did it in such an insightful way. Because it wasn't just like, have you ever, you know, been the victim of sexual assault? And they did. They initially don't raise their hands. Mm-hmm. It's when they say, like have you ever had like some gray some gray zone yeah. or something is how they yeah. describe it and then everybody raises their hands and it's such a like because is it gray zone or did you process it as gray zone and what is gray zone and why are we saying there is a gray zone and like there's such a everything that's wrapped up in that but the matter of fact way that teenage girls just go yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then everyone proceeds to present something that's deeply traumatic that no one else can really compliment comment on because everybody has something that's just like oh geez oh god oh no oh god mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah but it's it's weird that the seat is played kind of for laughs and not in a yeah. disrespectful way and just like yep this is what your average girl is walking around with that's it it's, <laughs> it's also so smart that so they they say these traumatic things and you're right they don't really comment on each other's or like give a lot of empathy or anything which is also i think it it reflects that experience of when you're a teenager you're not really capable of that kind of stuff right a lot of your worldview is how does stuff relate to me what is my experience and how do other people relate to my experience because that's how your brain is functioning it takes you a while to start looking through other people's eyes and experiencing empathy and all that kind of stuff and they they show that so well because as an adult i'm thinking well respond to her like say something nice like she just Mm -hmm. shared this really like why isn't anybody responding and it's because well i mean of course i would i'm an adult and it's so different from like if you think of like a dawson's creek scene Mm -hmm. and this because in dawson's creek everybody would be like oh my gosh tell me more oh let me give you some therapy advice here and then oh tell me more about that share all of your experiences and here they're just like yeah okay well, here's mine <laughs> right well and it's also it seems like this is the first time any of them have been able to say that so it's just like ooh, ooh me too me yeah. too like mm-hmm. well yeah yeah well there you go no i thought i thought that was i thought that was very well done and very true to not just like a woman behind the scenes making it but like understanding how young people are still thinking and functioning Mm -hmm. understanding teens in a way that when you have adults making movies and tv shows about teenagers sometimes they really miss that mark it's like okay well teenagers would never do or say those things you didn't i didn't get that vibe from this movie yeah yeah except maybe when um you know they murder the other football team yeah, that, that's one thing that I felt like, and I kind of liked it because it, it made me feel 
a little insane. I could not figure out the level of like surreal, the level of mm-hmm. of cartoon yeah. this movie was going for because it just was all over the place and then crescendoed in that ending scene where they're straight up just murdering people <laughs> with their fists, like. Like, they absolutely just murder people, and at the end, they're like, oh, I should have murdered that person. Yeah, like, they're dead. Like, we all just murdered people. And that's it. But it, Well, I mean, but they say, like, the other team was coming to murder him. Well, yeah. And which, like, kind of just gets thrown in as, like, a bit of a, like, the plot, I, I, and maybe this is, again, this is the younger generation thing, where it's, like, vibes over plot works sometimes like you need enough plot to keep the story rolling but it doesn't really have to make sense this is definitely like oh now all of a sudden we have a a reason to get the club back together because we have to save this football player from being murdered ritualistically by the huntington (laughs) ferrets that seems to happen every 20 years i don't that's uh, sure yeah go with that go with that yeah which is crazy because it's like the way they were gonna i guess murder jeff is they put pineapple Jeff. juice in the sprinklers yeah. and he's deathly yeah. allergic. So like they could have just like moved him. Could have just gotten him off the field. Yeah, they didn't have to murder people. No. <laughs> well, I think they highlight that too when they show um one of the adults goes and turns off the sprinklers. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't they just turn off or the sprinklers? Turn them off. They could have just done that. Well, I, yeah. I, they, well, they also didn't need to blow up a tree. Yeah. As long as we're... Well, <laughs> or a car. <laughs> or a car. I mean, I guess the point, it's like, oh, but this is why the fight club paid off, because now they all learn how to fight. Which to me is, I think, the, the, the most bizarre, funny point is that there's this parent, like, oh, we're making a fight club. And you would think that that would have some interaction with the media fight club, right? Uh-huh. Which is all about, like, it's it's... It's not about like how good it is for men to have a fight club. It's about toxic masculinity and like uh-huh. the inability to connect in a world in any other language but violence, and also a lot of repressed homosexuality. None of that is interpreted in this. It's just like fight club good. <laughs> like that's yeah. it. Like that's the takeaway. We, we punch each other. Like someone heard the basic outline of the movie Fight Club and said, "Oh, I could work with that." Yeah, <laughs> a club Which, where they fight. Yeah, okay. yeah sure. Let's put well, that in our film. And I definitely think part of what you're seeing maybe worked out through the process of making the film as well as within the, you know, within the world of the film is like female characters being able to have the freedom to do the stuff that men do in movies and even the dumb stuff or bad stuff or silly stuff like to have the freedom like. I can get punched in the face and kind of look like I enjoyed it and then try to figure out why are we enjoying getting punched? Like, you mm-hmm. see that. Because that was always part of Fight Club, right? Like, part of that is like, yes, they they like punching, but also they're kind of enjoying getting beaten up. And I feel like you start to see, like, they're walking around with bruises and they feel proud. And, like, what is... I don't know what that is, but men have always done it and now you see women doing it. And... That in of itself is like this whole new, I don't know, it's like a freedom to mm. be that too. Mm-hmm. I can be that too if I want. I don't know why I'd want to, but you can. Having having agency in the violence that is inflicted on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. I think if the movie wanted to reach for that, it could have. I don't think it wanted to. <laughs> no. yeah, it was just like, punching is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, which kept it very firmly in the minds of young people mm. who were doing things with the, maybe those motivations are underneath it, but they don't know that. They can't verbalize that yet. 
They're, they don't have the language to say, oh, this is why I feel good about this. They just know like, yeah, I got punched and I took it and I feel good. I also think it's really funny that they even really mm-hmm. learn how to fight in the first place because like <laughs> there's no, I mean, the, the idea is that the two, the two main characters will be able to teach them because they were in juvie, but they weren't and they don't know how to fight. The first time they try to show them like how to defend yourself, they're just kind of like swinging at each other and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. But somehow by the end of it, by them just practicing on each other, I guess, they all are able to, you know, straight up murder people. That's how it worked out in Fight Club. They just <laughs> all started wailing on each other and then they all got good at wailing on each other. Mm-hmm. That's true. So That's true. I guess that works. I guess. We, we got and it had, a, it had a bit of an Anchorman vibe, too, in that scene, mm-hmm. I feel like, when they have the battle and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, why is there a sword? Like, yeah. why did a sword show up? Yeah, when, when the, <laughs> somebody got run through with a sword. When that happened, I was like, oh, okay, we're not we're not taking ourselves yeah. too seriously here. Although I guess yeah. when it was my the only character I was writing for the whole time, Hazel. Yeah. The, like mm-hmm. the third queer character who's just kind of I don't know, the the reject of the rejects. I, I felt yeah. for Hazel. But uh yeah. when Hazel is beaten in front of the student assembly, <laughs> like like what is this film? I know. That was intense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't blame her for blowing up trees and cars. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they but I do think they do a good job. They don't make her tragic though. Oh, she holds her Hazel own. Does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of uh, that is a departure cuz usually that character that like you know, you're kind of rooting for, you're not going to see a happy ending cuz like you have those shots of like when Hazel's mom is watching as she comes home and like I don't know I just I kept getting this ominous like oh no what's gonna happen to Hazel oh no and it wasn't anything bad and I'm like oh movies taught me this character is gonna have to pay for something it was very nice to yeah. see like no no that character doesn't have to yeah and that character ends up with the main character kind of in a way ish right? mm-hmm. ish sort of yeah um, can, can yeah. I also say that um, I think because uh, you, you talked about Marshawn Lynch the other person who I just and I will I think will watch in anything from now on is uh, our the other main character Io mm-hmm. Adebari. Oh yeah, who, I yeah who I love from the Bear. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, oh God, she is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, just next level. Like so empathetic and funny, and I will. I mean, I, I will just, just love, watch. I love her in voice. anything. Yes, I just love her voice. I mean timing and like so natural that kind of acting is so hard to be naturalistic and for it to sound like to interrupt and get interrupted and stutter and restart a sentence and all that and for it to sound real man you know that she does that a lot on the bear too well it's interesting too the dialogue in this movie because there is that there's something very natural like this is how this is how you talk which is again a Mm -hmm. departure from teen comedies where everybody's got zingers and everybody's yeah. you know it's, it's like the buffy speak right like it's a very like mm-hmm. cool designed language that nobody really talks like like i appreciated mm-hmm. that this was very natural as, as ridiculous as everything was these were believable humans yeah yeah no i i definitely again yeah i agree completely it's a huge departure from like the everybody was clever on buffy or like everybody was super smart and philosophical on Dawson's Creek. Like, this is not that. (laughs) Yeah. But they're also not all just, like, uh, because when you think about, like, American Pie as something, as, like, a teen sex comedy, um, they were funny, but it was all, like, 
everybody was an exaggeration of this funny teen that was this one trope of what the here's what a funny teen boy is here's what a funny teen girl is everybody's that and then maybe you're a nerd which is Mm -hmm. another thing you can be (laughs) and that's it this was something else because they were they were it was realistic but it was also there were individuals here we could hear different voices among them Mm -hmm. i also think it's great that it's a disappointment for the main you know pretty popular girl and for everyone else that she's straight um, yeah. <laughs> like this is not assume that she'd be straight because of course she'd be straight in any other team movie it's like oh man i'm straight <laughs> um who by the way that is cindy crawford's daughter yeah oh, uh, that makes I sense that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i can see that i can see that um, well i yeah. i very much enjoyed it i thought it was great i'm glad i uh i unbelievably i knew about this movie and wanted to see it and the person that turned it on and watched it with me was our dad um who said i saw this movie on a list of movies that are supposed to be pretty funny i'm gonna turn it on and i could not believe of all the movies he was gonna turn on you know from what i'd heard about this movie this is what this is what he turned on but uh you know i'm glad you all enjoyed it was dad a fan he was he loved it i could believe that yeah he loved it he thought he just every time those football players came in, he started cracking up. Marshawn Lynch had him cracking up. He was a he was a big fan. So it's funny. Yeah. I think I think that it's helpful to have movies like this that push back against the idea that like, I mean, there's so much total crap about every all the woke about woke comedy and how everybody has to be so careful. And what what we're what everybody's just saying is like, hey, maybe don't constantly make jokes about people who's you know who are oppressed or marginalized or whose life experiences you have absolutely no connection to and so you say stupid stereotypical things about maybe just like talk about your own stuff Mm -hmm. and that can be funny and let other people talk about their stuff and if we expand who gets to talk about their stuff we get more funny stuff out there that is generally enjoyable and comedic and isn't offensive it's funny because the person who is talking about it has lived it so they can talk about it in a way that they know like this is funny this Mm -hmm. is you know well that's that you know that golden rule right comedy is getting away with it if your audience laughs when you say something dark or horrific or or terrifying it's probably because you did it in a way that feels authentic and like from a fresh perspective and Mm -hmm. yeah like it's something you've experienced if you're just rehashing the same like pronoun joke that a million people have heard it's like well that's not okay (laughs) it's not funny because you're trying to push a boundary that isn't yours it's not your boundary to push you we are allowed to push our own boundaries you're not allowed to reach into somebody else's life experience and make them push theirs Mm -hmm. that's not that's not funny that's you're just not going to have the experience to say anything new or interesting yeah Yeah. but it's boring get your own get your own life experiences and i don't know Talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all for watching this with me. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, Sid, what's next? Well, it's it is the holidays, and I thought not necessarily like a fully holiday movie, but holiday adjacent that I've never made you all watch is When Harry Met Sally, mm. which isn't ex- it's not exactly like my generation. Like it's a little bef- like it's kind of old for me, but I grew up loving it and. Christmas and New Year's ish, and I don't know, winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot that happens in this time, this vague time of year. So, you know, it's appropriate. All right. I've so. never seen it. So, I, I think, uh, 
Taylor, have you seen it before? I've seen it, yes. I think Riley will identify a little bit with Sally. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. That's my prediction. Well, <laughs> now see if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Not a bad thing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. You should watch Bottoms if you haven't. Ooh, where did... I watched it on Apple. Apple, I think. I think. Maybe. Prime. I don't know. It's, I don't know. it's streaming somewhere. Yeah. It is streaming. Um, it was very good. I'd highly recommend it. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great podcasts there that you would enjoy. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. Start a fight club or is that not okay? No, no, no. Not with not with kids, like with other adults. No. I, would, I mean, I don't. No. Okay. No. Are you sure? Yeah. You know, no. Okay. Somewhere in an alternate universe where Hollywood is smarter. And the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Comedy Series are Jet Pacula. Airport Marriott, Thrupple, Dear America, We've Seen You Naked, and Allah in the Family. In our stupid universe, you can't see any of these shows, but you can listen to them on Dead Pilot Society, the podcast that brings you hilarious comedy pilots that the networks and streamers bought but never made. Journey to the alternate television universe of Dead Pilot Society on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.